Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Today, my incredible guest, Jeff Byers. He's the CEO of Momentus, formerly Amp Human, former NFL player with the Seahawks, Broncos, and the Panthers, and won the 2004 National Championship with the USC, the real USC, the real USC Trojans. Jeff, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome, Michael. Thanks for having me. I love having people from South Carolina on the show because they always try and tell me it's USC, and then I correct them. I have no allegiance to either team, but I just think it's absolutely hysterical that they try to take that one from you guys. I don't get it. Yeah, they're probably there first, but... Yeah. Oh, they were like technically, but yeah. I mean, come on. It's the wins and losses call yeah, defines that one. Thank you. Exactly. I think I'm on board with that, man. But Jeff, very excited, obviously, to get to talk to you about your business. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this PR lotion that you guys sent me. Appreciate that. Excited to get to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing, why you're doing it. But the first question I have for everybody, Jeff, on the For the Love of Sports podcast is why do you love sports so much? Uh, that's a really long question um a long answer i should say okay i was gonna say the question's only a few words so uh yeah (laughs) i love sports because it's it's a way to connect in community and and it's a way to really push yourself and understand the limits of who you are as a person um but it brings people together both from an athlete and a fan perspective that's really really unusual and builds community where right people argue about like sports bring people together, not tear people apart. Where so much in the world tears people apart, sports can actually mend those things. A hundred percent. I agree. It's like a um it's built in friendship, right? If I see someone else in a bar wearing a Mets jersey, you're gonna get the double finger guns. I'm gonna talk about how the Mets have been on a terrible streak recently, right? And it's a commissary. Um <laughs> But no, I, I like your I like your point about the like the physical like the, the limitations and, and seeing where someone can go, not only physically but mentally too, right? And I'm excited to talk a little bit more about the business side of what you've been through and, and how kind of you've done that. And and also obviously on the sports side, not only just physically, again, you've had a few injuries in your career, mentally you've been cut a couple of times from the NFL. Uh, you went on to do do new things. You started a few games with the Panthers. It took a little while to get there, but you got there. So I think it's a pretty cool um pretty cool man sports is fun it's my favorite thing that's why i get to do this so let's talk let's talk positives first man 2004 national championship blocking for reggie bush matt liner that team considered potentially one of the best teams in all of college sports that's kind of cool you were on that team right that's that's not too bad got a ring to it yeah uh that that uh that one's for the ages no doubt uh it was an incredibly special opportunity obviously i was at sc during the 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 heyday pete carroll carroll era when we just we won and it's you know it's you know i go back to all the people i played with and it's like well man i really underachieved when you think think about some of these careers and and you know Heisman trophies and all Mm -hmm. these accolades and award but it was uh being a true freshman and starting uh on a national championship team as an offensive lineman was a hell of a ride to say the least um, and really, really fun. And just, you know, when you're blocking for guys like Glendale White and uh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, uh, a lot, lots of things are easy too. Um, and so I was obviously super fortunate to be a part of that. And uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm sure there was a lot of great tape on you that year, right? Just like, oh, and then Reggie Bush hits this hole. So, well, who made the hole for him? It was Jeff, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Uh, Reggie didn't need blocking a lot of times. Uh, not not so much in college. That dude, he was yeah. uh, he was an absolute animal. He was so much fun to watch. But, hey, I got to see a lot of you, too. I didn't even know it, Jeff. Look at this. 15, 16 years later, I figured out. Yeah. I knew someone on that offensive line. You got to love. You got to love that. And, man, I guess, like, 
I'm sure you've gotten a million questions about this national title. It's such a cool opportunity. I don't think I've had too many national title winners here on the show. So it's a, uh, it's a first for me too. So I appreciate you coming on and, and, uh, and checking that box for me, but what is, what is that like? I mean, you're 18 years old, 19 years old, as you said, true freshman starting on a national championship winning team. You guys pretty much dominated almost every single game that season. At what point are you kind of like, this is easy. Like, I can't wait to do this again next year, which you guys ended up almost doing. Yeah. I, I Honestly, like it's when you when it's it's pretty surreal when you think about it and almost fantasy land. Like when you go into it of uh, uh, like of that as a like this is my idea of football. It's like we just cruise by all these crush teams. Everybody. We, crush, we crush everybody and we win national championships. And it's, uh, you know, all fun and games and, and winning is really, really fun. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's totally a, a, a it it sets the bar very high for you and, and, but also reminds you of what winning looks like and how you want to continue to strive to get that and be around environments and teams and people with that kind of energy um, and surround yourself to always try to find that. Cause when you have that sauce, it's incredible. And do you, do you realize it in the moment when you're like 18, 19, obviously you can look at it and back at it now, but at 19, like, could you, could you realize what was kind of happening and what you were learning and the lessons that were coming with this? Yeah. If you would have asked me when I was 19, I'd be like, hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is how you win. That's about it. Uh, The answer is no. Uh, Like I, you know, me, like a lot of people when they were 19 was a punk, probably like I was not grounded, did not, uh, like did not have the worldview that I got. And, and, you know, interesting journey, like that year, right. I, I absolutely destroyed my hip uh, in the last game of the season and ended up having two hip surgeries and was told I was never going to play football again, which gave me perspective, like incredible perspective instantly. Like, you know, like you're ripping away something that I love, loved more than anything or thought I loved and what defined me or thought defined me at the time. Um, was such a humbling experience. And I would say, if you asked me when I was 19 versus 20, my perspective changed drastically um, of the world, of what sports meant to me, of what football meant to me um, and what the normal was. Uh, but as a like 18, 19 year old kid on, on that USC team, my, my perspective of what the world was like was very, very different. I mean, just at SC, like we had two, like, you know, Will Ferrell and Snoop and all these other crazy characters that were just like high-fiving you at practice. It was just, it was not, it was not, it was like the NFL doesn't even compare to those couple of years at USC when we were just absolutely dominant. No, I mean, that USC team, you know, you can liken it with the Hurricanes teams back in the 80s, right? Like where it was, they were way more popular than any of the NFL players in their town. And it wasn't even close, right? Those Miami, the U teams. And, and, and that was going to really be my next question. I was going to lead into it, but you already, you already got there for me. I mean, what that roller coaster of emotions going from winning that national championship, freshman 19, ruling the world to horrible injury. You're going to sit out the next year, as you said, you know, potentially never even play football again. What, what did you learn in that just short, short, short amount of time about yourself, about football, about sports that really has stuck with you ever since? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I learned is like sports don't define people. They help make people. Um, And it was one of those moments of there's so much more to life than being an athlete. Um, But an athlete can help shape you and really create you in a special way. Uh, And so it was really this reckoning of what else do I love? What else do I am I passionate about? And what do I really love about being an athlete? 
right? It's the challenge. It's the, right, the always under the microscope, knowing that you have to perform to be where you're at, right? And the work and dedication it takes to get there, like this, you know, like pressure cooker to make diamonds that I loved of like, what is that stress to absolutely put yourself in the right position to win and to always win that I really found that I loved. Um, and it was like, all right, hard things happen. I'm going to be right. I'm going to be that person who just always gristles through anything. Um, and so I think that's what it really defined. I didn't take a big step back and say, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm one of these, I'm very, very blessed and fortunate that I had great people around me to help me kind of like, bump me back in a place of like, you know, like, Hey, you're really smart. You, like you should think about other things. Football doesn't define you, you know, uh, choice words, pick yourself up, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. And I ended up saying, okay, right. Football might not ever happen again, but I'm at USC, which is a, you know, incredible academic institution. Why don't I take advantage of it? And I ended up uh, graduating undergrad in three years and got accepted into the Marshall school of business to get my MBA while I was still under scholarship and still playing ball. And that was a tremendous opportunity to me, right, to leapfrog and to really take a lot from the game uh, as well, like take more than than I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that to me, you know, I would say so I missed my whole second year and my whole third year. So I had two hip surgeries about six months apart um, when I was 19 years old. And then I missed my whole second year which is the year we lost to Texas in the Rose Bowl, which was horrendous. Um, And then my third year, I tried to come back during training camp and had uh, blew my back out and had two back surgeries on L4, L5. And so I missed two years back to back, which was really hard. And it was kind of one of those things as as an offensive lineman, hips and backs are pretty Mm -hmm. important, are pretty important. And like, uh, it was one of those like, okay, well, I'm glad I, I, I got my life together and really thought about, you know, life after ball. Um, so, yeah, but I was obviously super lucky to come back and play. And I was a two-time captain with Pete Carroll and obviously had a tremendous opportunity to play in the NFL, but uh, yeah, we'll get there. Sure. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. And I, yeah, we don't need to talk too much. One of the greatest football games of all time. Uh, obviously we saw what Vince Young did 400 and, I don't know, 67 total yards. Who's counting, right? Uh, I mean, you, unfortunately, were not a part of that team. That was also, you know, again, like that USC team, those two years were just two of the greatest football teams of all time in college sports. And it's absolutely incredible. You got to be a part of at least one of them, the one that won. Uh, Stinks. Like, what's it like then? And we'll we'll move on with this conversation in a second. But what's it like? Just that's going from winning to being told you might not ever play football again to just this helpless, helpless feeling of being like, I can't even, I can't, there's physically nothing I can do about this right now. Oh yeah. Uh, Right. You just learn to control what you can control. Right. And love it. uh, I try uh, and tell that to as many people as I can on a daily basis, control what you can control. And there's very little in life that you can control that actually Mm -hmm. matters. So, uh, but if you just worry about, right, I I don't know, there are two stupid things and they come from sports, like your attitude and your effort. Yep. Two two things we get to wake up and we get to choose how we want to respond to situations and we get to choose how hard we work. And guess what? They're both really important and ultimately dictate the outcome. And only, you know, if you got a good attitude or crappy attitude and only, you know, yeah, yeah. And only, you know, if you're busting your ass. Right. And, uh, that's the only person who can judge that is you. So those are the two things I think about on a daily basis and love. Um, but those are the two things that I like that got me through some hard times. Was like, mm-hmm. 
hey, yeah, I could be down and out or I could actually figure this out. Uh, 100%. Yeah, but being on the sidelines of that game was horrendous. Um, right? I mean, yeah, we, we had won. Like, we were mm-hmm. high-fiving, you know, everybody else on the side. We were taunting Texas and all that. Well, and, we can all, you know, come on. Yeah. We can all do a little <laughs> horns down. That's fine. Oh, and then Vince Young just destroyed us. It was um, incredible, man. I mean, the game was incredible. Uh, we had, and then we had that, you know, fourth and one play and – we don't have to relive it. We don't have to relive it. We all saw it. I watch it every single year. It's one of those like three games I watch the Oklahoma State Boise State game with the, the hook and ladder and then the uh, the Statue of Liberty. I try and watch that game every year. I watch the Giants two Super Bowl wins over the Patriots because we're probably not getting back to the Super Bowl anytime. And I try and watch that game every year because those are just some of the greatest football games I've ever seen in my life. So we don't have to relive it. Go on YouTube, check it out. It's an incredible game. But I think it's something you said that, that I really, really did like was I obviously can control what you control. We talked about that a little bit, but you, you, you turned a negative into a positive and so many people dwell on the negative and turn it into more of a negative thinking negative thoughts is not going to get you anywhere positive. It's just going to get you into more negative opportunities. And you obviously were controlling your, oper- uh, you're controlling your effort, controlling your attitude, very positive about it. And then went on, as you said, to graduate in three years, got your MBA immediately. When, at what point did you realize that, hey, as much as I love football, hey, starting offensive linemen on a national championship winning team probably have some pretty good prospects in a few years with the NFL. When did you realize, like, just in case, <laughs> just in case, I'm confident I'm coming back from this injury. It's not even a question. But just in case, let's kind of, you know, throw a potential plan B somewhere in there. It, it was literally my going. Uh, so I had my first hip surgery. Uh, call it four months later, went back to that same surgeon. Um, and he looked at me and he was like, yo, like this is like, Yikes. Um, not looking good, man. There are three people in the world that you need to go see. Um, and I like, like you should have went to one of those originally, like, and so on. And like, you have a very complex case. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the time when it was like breakdown, emotional roller coaster of like, you're, screwed um like football is not what you know of it today mm-hmm. um and yeah that was the moment was like okay what what else like what else is there um you know i remember having a an emotional call with my with my old man and my old man had some very choice words for me um about about uh uh right figuring life out and mm-hmm. you better not let this right this moment define you in a bad way because it's a defining moment in all the right ways. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like way easier to look back on it, but at the time it was not a, a, not a good day slash week for, for me. Yeah. Week, month, year, I'm sure Uh, it was pretty long, but let's again, the perseverance you, you sit out for two years, as you said, you have awful hip injury, uh, have a little bit of problems with your back. As you said, offensive lineman kind of need your hips, kind of need your back. You eventually do come back and play for the Trojans again. You do go undrafted in the NFL draft, but your old friend, your old coach, Pete Carroll, does come and say, hey, come try out for the Seahawks. Didn't quite work out. You went and hung out with the Broncos for a little bit. Didn't quite work out, but you eventually made it to the Panthers. Started, I think, was it seven games, if I'm not mistaken? Played in over a season's worth of games while you were there. What? How much, like, like, what does that take, man? Like, what does that take to go through just those two brutal years coming back? And actually, I mean, after the Seahawks cut you, your coach, your old coach cut you. He's like, oh, man, maybe I'm not cut out for this. You go and try again. 
you know you don't really like how like how how much fortitude do you have man what are what are you made of to be able to put yourself through this over and over and over again well, I will say I'm not unique in the sense that a lot of people get cut in the NFL. Um, no, and a lot of people, I, I, you know, I, I, going to play for Pete, you know, I probably made a bad choice on where I went uh, as an undrafted free agent. I was really fortunate, got to pick wherever I wanted to go. And I didn't look at depth charts. I didn't look at anything. I'm like, Pete's my guy. Coach. Right? Um, and I'm really close to Pete. And, you know, I probably there there were better opportunities out there. There were a lot better opportunities out there from a depth chart perspective, all of that. But guess what? I played more snaps in the preseason for the Seahawks than anybody else in the NFL. Right? Like I played so many snaps because they trusted me and Pete trusted me to play and, and go and perform. So unlike a lot of people, like I didn't get just third and fourth string snaps. I got real second string, third string snaps in the preseason, which got a ton of game tape out there mm-hmm. and a ton of experience. Um, I just, the depth chart didn't work in my favor. Um, and that happens. And right. You, like it worked in my favor with the Panthers, right? Somebody got hurt. I was next man up and I just never gave my spot back. Right. I was always the next guy um, after that. And that just happens. Like, like, Unless you're a really high draft pick, there is no guarantees mm-hmm. in the NFL. And people don't realize this. Like a third of the NFL is made up of undrafted players. Yep. Um, and it was an tr- incredible opportunity. But getting cut by Pete was super, super hard. Um, I, I'm guessing it was really hard for him, too. I don't, I've I'm never, sure, I'm sure he had a couple <laughs> extra pieces of gum in his mouth for that one. Yeah. I've never, never talked to him about it, but. Um, Someday we, I'm sure we will. Yes. Um, on that, and, and it's just one of those really fascinating things. But it's also because I I took so many snaps, or and, and we knew that I, you know, my agent mm-hmm. and I knew we were going to get cut. We had other opportunities that were out there, right? Um, and so I jumped on one quick and ended up in Denver for that whole season, right? As a I practiced a lot, mm-hmm. um, put it that way. Um, and I got activated to the active roster at the very end, but that was the season in Denver when Josh McDaniels got fired halfway through. It was just a complete debacle. It was, you know, when I say like, what is my worst experience as an athlete? It was like being a part of a completely dysfunctional team at that time. Right. Coach got fired. Players boycotted. Like it was just terrible. Like you, I couldn't imagine a worse. People go through that a lot more at USC. Never went through that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like we were winning. Don't know what losing is. Yep. Um, and to get a co- coach fired mid-year and all that was a, a very unique thing. Um, and the environment was just not. W- when that happens, like it's not a good environment. Players are out for players. Coaches are out for coaches, and it's just a bad, a bad thing. And it happens time and time again. Anyways, winning, yeah, winning cures all. Uh, so I can understand if if you're losing, it's probably not going to be a great environment. It's it's a funny thing, right? Culture, um, losing cultures don't really exist. It's the winning ones that stay sustained, and that's how you actually have a culture. Uh, it's really interesting, kind of how that works. And I think it's really important to to understand. Again, I know you said a lot of people get cut in the NFL, but not too many people have had what seems like multiple career-ending injuries in college. Came back persevered, 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 and eventually started to start some games that deep into their NFL career. So I do want to make sure that you do get your kudos. I know you're a humble guy, but still, it's absolutely incredible what you did. And what did you learn from all this, right? You learned, I always try and tell people and, you know, hey, mom, if you're listening, but I learned how not to drive from my mom. I learned everything not to do 
So now I feel like I'm a very good driver because I saw all the things that I didn't like and I just didn't do them. Right. So you, you learn things through positives. You can learn things through negatives through your football career. You know, you talked about environment. You know, we kind of just touched on culture for a second. Obviously, you talked about winning and leading. Right. What are what are all these things that you gathered through your time at USC, through through high school football, through, you know, your couple years in the NFL that you were then able to say, I'm confident that I could lead a group of people in something that I believe in to the point where we can have a very successful business in something. Yeah, a couple of things, right? Perseverance and dedication, right, is super important. Uh, okay, so let me really sport, sports are, are a great example for business. Um, you know, and I'll go back and say, like, Pete Carroll could lead almost any organization of people, period, right? Military, sports, business, right? Because he's a great leader of humans and he understands people. Um, and he understands how to motivate them. And he's also incredibly passionate. So I, uh, I go into the things that I learned from sports for business, right? It's you control what you can control, mm-hmm. right? Winning is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And you got to lose to win. And it's not, um, right? Wins and losses happen every play in practice. They happen every snap in a game. And you're going to lose and you got to get used to losing and you got to get used to getting beat. It's about how you stacking those little baby competitions, those little baby moments together to get a big win, because it's about how are we winning over the long term, not how are we winning like every single play. And so it teaches you that, that to have that grit to prioritize, make decisions, do those things. It, prior, it teaches you right, that it's really, really hard right? Really, really, really hard. And that you got to dedicate a lot to get to a level that is very hard, right? Like nothing's given to you, even the greatest, highest talent athletes. It's really, really hard to get to where you're at. You got to have the talent to get there, but you also got to put a lot in. Um, it taught me a lot about, I have this line, I, I call it the ball is always snapped. Um, and for me, that's you always got to make a decision and the lack of decision, you always will get beat. And so for me in business, I have this thing, the ball always gets snapped. You always got to make a decision and go and you're going to get beat. Um, and that's OK. But what's not OK is not to put your hand back down on the ground and the ball gets snapped again. So the ball gets snapped. You got to make a decision. You're never going to have all the information, but you got to use the best and the most amount of information you have and your past experiences so that you can react and move um, to that. And the last thing is really, it's about people um, and team and having the right. And that's a hard thing, um, right? When you're on a team as an athlete, you don't pick the team. And uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL and in college, like it, it feels right. It, it is kind of a revolving door and there's always people coming in, but you aren't making those decisions. But you see them and you're like, oh, you know, you get it. But in business and, and being a CEO and a leader, that team, that people aspect is something now I get it, right? Now I understand what one turd can do, right? And how they can hurt the whole organization and why you got to move. And it's not just always about talent. It's not always just about performance. It's about culture, talent, performance, growth, all of these things that are put together. But the one thing that sports teaches you 
move really fast on people. Uh, like, I mean, in the NFL, like I, I lived on the bottom of the roster for, for a good part of my career, right? And that part of the roster churns and every day matters, right? Every snap matters. And it's one of those things that, that you've got to be finding more talent. If you think you have the best people in the world, you're wrong in your business. Um, and that's really, really hard because people and people decisions are hard, right? Because we're all humans and, and, but you ultimately, you can't win if you don't have the right people on the field, if you don't have the right people or the butts in the seat. And that's a hard, a hard thing. I never got it. I never fully grasped it until I had to be in that, 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 that position. And it took me a while and I'm still getting better at the people and how do we make decisions faster and how do we get the best talent and how do we motivate those people? Because it is so, so important. I love that. That is incredible. And yeah, I think a, a lot of those points, I mean, just the, just the last one that you made is the, the most uh, kind of lack of a better term, most human, right? Like it's, you, you know what it's like to be that person that gets cut. You know what it's like to, I'm sure have your friend, your best friend, the guy that stands right next to you. I'm sure you know what that's like to get cut, but you understand, Hey, if we do not have the best talent, we will not win. What is the most important thing in sports? And most of the time in business is winning, winning, as I said before, cures all. And you obviously do understand that, but it's got to suck, right? It's got to suck to have to do that sometimes, but it's, I think it's incredible. So let's talk a little bit about it. I mean, you, obviously some, some interesting news recently with AMP um, merging, if I'm not mistaken, with Momentus, but you're the CEO of this company. Where Let's let's start with AMP, I guess, before we get into the, to the merger and everything. Where did the idea come from? What exactly is it? And why do I love this lotion so much, man? Uh, the all great questions. <laughs> Thank um, you. Sorry for asking them all at once. I just got them out. I'll let you're good at just kind of going on a nice little monologue. So I'll let you do your thing. Yeah, people tell me I talk too much, especially my <laughs> wife. Um, so uh, about six years ago, I joined a really early stage biotech. Really shortly after retiring, I did a short stint in finance and realized instantly that I'm finance a doer. sucks. Yeah. Finance sucks. I hated every second in it. Sorry, I need, need to that. Uh, you're, uh, like, it, it wasn't for me. It's nope. for some people. Mm-hmm. But I'm a doer. I'm a builder. I'm a team person. Like, put like I was meant to run through walls. A because I have a really hard noggin and I'm good at running into things. But also like that's just my mentality. Um, anyways, so I, I joined this early stage biotech and I was employee number four or five ish, call it. But part of the first kind of team that was hired. Um, and they brought me in for kind of two, two reasons, really help raise some capital. Cause I had a, a great network from finance days and NFL. And two is they had this crazy idea to use this technology outside of, uh, pharma medical and in human performance sports. Um, looking back on, looking back on it, uh, this company was way earlier than I thought. And, you know, like I have no science background, no biotech background, right? Like I took oceanography in college, like I took business classes and things like that. But now I'm like, I get chemistry and, and physiology and all that really well. And it's something I've been passionate about regardless. So they had this crazy technology of how do they deliver drugs through the skin? And so they basically developed a transdermal drug delivery technology big, long word. Um, but we had this crazy idea. What if we could deliver a non-drug, get a basic vitamin, mineral supplement into the body and actually affect human performance and optimization? Uh, and that was the birth of what became PR lotion that you're holding up. And this passion project 
right? This passion project of can we deliver something in a very safe, effective, efficient manner and unlock a molecule that can have epic, uh, epic and really incredible implications for athletes. And that molecule is sodium bicarbonate, also known as baking soda. Nice. Um, and, and we call it bicarb. But the, pro the So bicarb's role in the body is super simple. When we train hard and we train long, we produce acid. The, we commonly refer to it as lactic acid, but in science's sake, it's called hydrogen ions. It's just an acid. It's not lactic acid. Regardless, we can go down a science rabbit hole, but we produce acid. These hydrogen ions build up in our muscles. And they all ultimately are a limiting factor in our ability to go a little harder, to recover from intense bouts and, 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 and recover the next day because of some chemical damage. With all of that said, you can't take sodium bicarbonate orally in effective doses, right? How come I have a football, I as a football player and a pro football player never heard of it? Go back to elementary school when you made a volcano. You put vinegar in it, which is Imagine that being your stomach acid and you put baking soda in it and it explodes. And that's what happens in your gut when you take sodium bicarbonate orally or you get really bad GI distress. And so outside of like track cycling, rowing and a very small subset of distant, uh, of track athletes, nobody ever used it because guess what? It's not a performance enhancer, crapping your pants ever, right? So... So basically, there's this molecule, sodium bicarbonate, that has 50 plus years of research behind it. The International Olympic Committee says it's one of the few very effective, well-studied, safe, and permitted molecules to use to enhance sports performance. Problem is, can't take it. Orally, it just sucks. Um, and so we needed, there needed to be a technology to unlock it. That, that enter this biotech. So this passion project started within this bio, biotech company. And a little over three years ago, we had gotten enough traction. We were working with um, some groups in the special forces and some pro teams and some Tour de France champions and like incredible, incredible athletes across the board. We basically saw we had enough traction. That biotech, the problem is they were a biotech going into phase two clinical trials and they wanted nothing to do with a commercial company, um, which I was super passionate about. So myself and uh, another really employee, early employee there, basically we're like, we love human performance and optimization. Like it's kind of who we are as people and we really wanted to build something special. And so we, we ended up acquiring, spinning out PR lotion um, and creating the company that uh, amp human and we built it on this broader vision of let's create a human performance company that's at the forefront of human performance pushing the limits of what is possible um and that's ultimately ultimately where where we went um and we so we have this incredible product pr lotion it's right used within a hundred plus pro and college teams we've got some of the best athletes in the world as our as investors in the business that have won tour de france's broke world records um, or just incredible, like pro bowlers, all pro and things like that. But PR lotion for me was always this, this springboard. I, I have this vision that human, human performance is like a puzzle, right? And I say performance, I mean, optimization, all of that. Like whether you're Tom Brady or right, the weekend warrior, or just somebody trying to live a little longer, have, be a little more resilient. Like we're always trying to, how do we optimize? How do we, how are we living with intent and purpose? And, and uh, that is so important. So I had this, so I think human performance is this puzzle. 
And all these puzzle pieces are out there, right? You throw in sleep, you throw in training, you throw in diet, you throw in exercise, you throw in, but it's this complicated puzzle. And for all of us, it's a little different. And so ultimately my goal was let's create a human performance company led by a revolutionary, right? IP patented clinical trial proven product, which, which is PR lotion. But then how do we string around that and be at the forefront with the best minds in the world to build a systematic based approach to human performance and, and start intertwining more products and knowledge and content to, to that athlete to ultimately, right? Not just make a cool product. That's PR lotion that right at the end of the day is revolutionary, but it's also niche. Like people don't use PR lotion every day because People don't train like that every day, um, right? If you're Grant Thomas or Kipchoge who are the world's best at what they do, yeah, they use it every day. But if you're me, like I don't use it every day because I don't train hard every day because I can't because I have a job and a family, uh, you know, but I do I do try to optimize my body. So how do, you, how do we create uh, a system that puts together some of these puzzle pieces? And that's really where, right, we, we had PR Lotion, this great, vehicle where we started talking to this company momentous that we just merged with um like end of june first of july essentially and momentous is one of the best sports they are a best in class sports nutrition supplementation company they sell into 150 we sell into 150 pro pro and d1 colleges which when i heard that i was like what that is like near impossible to do in that space but they have all this traction because it's the cleanest safest purest sports nutrition and products in the market. And it was designed with the best people in. So when we were thinking about, so Amp Human, we're at the forefront of human performance. We're trying to push the limits, right? How do we bolt on additional products in a portfolio to ultimately bolster and give more to our customers, right? But wrap it around with education and knowledge. But it's how do you create that system-based approach and be more than just a solution and be a solutions-oriented company rather than a solution company? Um, I think, I mean, first off, I want to say my favorite thing, the reason why I do this is because I love listening to people who are extremely passionate about something and it's very, very clear that you are very passionate about human optimization and performance. And I think it is absolutely fantastic. And the, the, the chemistry side of it, which most of which I do not understand, but I appreciate the little lesson in that and how it works. Right. And I think, you know, one thing about performance that's always been very interesting and a little confusing to me, right, is so much and, and really not just performance. It's like, is like all of it right like everything is so reactive rather than being proactive and i feel like pr pr lotion is one of the first things that's maybe not the first but it's one very important step to being much more proactive about not feeling like crap the next day not hurting the next day believe me i do not train that much but a two mile run is still very difficult and i love this thing because i do not feel the same way after two mile run as I used to, right? So I appreciate you guys for that. So I guess not only is it the optimization, and as you said, kind of creating that that hub and spoke model, but how how do you make sure that you're being proactive about a lot of these things? Because I think that's going to lead to the most optimization. At least that's the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think that's the right, the push to w- why we came together as two kind of similar sized companies with incredible access with the best people in the world. Like, that, like we have to bring, you can't just be one solution, right? Like right now, like you got to go find all these puzzle pieces in various different ways. And guess what? For a consumer, that's a heck of a lot of work. And when you don't have a source of information or a source of truth, it's really hard. And so how do we think about building this foundational piece? And I think it's 
like when we think about the system, I think where we're building momentous to go is how do we take input and data, right? Have some sort of way that we analyze and say, right, Michael, based upon X, Y, and Z, right? Longevity, immune health, and performance are the most important. Here are the three things that are most important that are to you. And ultimately close that with education and content because we as consumers don't want to be do X, right? We want to be do X because of Y. And here's some great content from not just the brand, but from other places that say these things are really important and the science behind them. And so it's how do you close that loop? Because ultimately you're right. Like we, like if uh, LeBron James and those people won't send, spend a million dollars a year on human performance on that to be reactive. They're doing it proactive. Okay, what are the things that I need to do to be? And most things in human performance aren't reactive. Right? If you really want to optimize, there, there are some things you can do the day of. There are some things you can do the day after. And there's a lot of things that you need to do habitually, lifestyle, et cetera. Right? I mean, a great example is all this crazy research is coming out around collagen and vitamin C. It's, it's from UC Davis by a guy named Keith Barr. And basically, it's one of the few things that can strengthen connective tissue health, right? And so when we think about joints, ligaments, and as we age, our ability, our, our ability to like, use collagen and produce it in our body continues to decline, right? So we age, we get worse joints, all of those things. But this research is coming out to say, if you use collagen and vit C in this ratio before you work out, it has big implications for connective tissue health. But guess what? It's not reactive. You have to do it. You have to start a long time and you have to continue to do it. It's got to be a habitual thing. If we think about longevity and longevity in sport, but like, well, for you and I who are not competitive athletes anymore, but we're trying to continue to push, those things are really important, but they are not reactive. They are all about habitual routine and understanding why you need to do those things because it's really important that I like, right? I'm broken. I, I will raise my hand. Like I hit my head for a living, like brain health and longevity are the two most important things in my world. Like I think about those things on a daily basis. I paid, like I paid the man and the man's going to come back and I need to figure out how do I do that. And so I'm really passionate about how do we think about those things? And then I love performance. Like I love to go and crush myself. Uh, that's just who I am. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm ranting here, but you're doing great, man. You're doing great. And I think it's really, um, one thing that's really interesting. I mean, first off, thank you for putting me and you in the same category in literally anything. So I just want to say, thanks. Appreciate you on that one. Uh, you'd really didn't need to do that, but you're going to be on the show no matter what. So that's, I appreciate it. But I think one thing that's, that's really interesting is it's, it's not just athletes, right? Like I, I've spent time with family members and it's like, Oh, my legs hurt. It's like, well, did you stretch? They're like, no, I'm just going to take an Advil. It's like, well, I mean, I stretch every day because my legs hurt and now my legs don't hurt after I stretch. It's just like one of those things. I think it's a mindset thing. How do you, how do you get that through to people for them to understand, Hey, like just because you're a, a guy that sits at a cubicle or, or a lady that does, you know, this X, Y, Z every day, this is why it's so important to be optimizing for performance, even if you're not trying to become one of the greatest athletes that ever exists. And even if you're not trying to make the NFL, you're just, I just want to feel good, man. Like I wake up with my, my hips hurt. So I stretch my hips don't hurt. I know so many people that wake up with their legs. My dad, 
wakes up, his hips hurt, so he takes an Advil. It's like, what are you doing? There's other ways to get around this, and I just don't understand the reactive versus the the progressive nature of things. Well, right, uh, instant gratification is in our DNA as humans. Um, we like things that we can see and feel immediately, and that's that's why I think the system a system is so important when we think about this of like how do we how do you take inputs ultimately give recommendations and then close the loop to say doing x y and z does x but like you know yeah i should say it takes a more. little while it, though it, right yeah. it, it, it takes constant reminders and habits are hard to form right so like oh man i'll stretch one day right the next day it's like, oh, man, that's a pain in the ass i'm not going to stretch again right like or i'm just but that, that's just how we act. And so we got to break that cycle. And it's not just like, here's, here's the magic marker. Like it's the cure. It will solve anything, right? Like it's not that it is. How do you slowly drip? And it's not do a hundred things at once. It's start with one, right. And, and you expand. And so I don't know, like, as we build out momentous, it's how do we create this level system, but how do we create the constant reminders, the touch points, right. To help consumers understand why, a collagen vit C is so important for joint health and longevity. Why omega threes in the right ratios are actually one of the most important things we can do for your brain. Right? Like, but it's not like those things are things you don't feel on a daily basis, but like they are proven by science, right? Not by me, not by you, by people that are actually smart. Um, no offense. Hey, yeah. Uh, wait, man, you, you had me on such a high before. I <laughs> <laughs> I put you back in my category. You're welcome. Uh, it's true. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, but right, like, but it's that constant reminder. And how do we close that loop to say doing X because of Y, because of who you are, doing X does this and the constant reminders. Because once you get into this habitual loop and then you can start seeing the outcomes, we as humans start to get habitual in how we think about things. And right, ultimately, the human race, we've always, like from a millennia ago, like how do we live longer? How do we run faster? How do we get smarter? Like we are on this constant phase of like better, 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 right? Live longer, run faster, like eat more meat, whatever those, whatever it was at, at that time. And we're still on that. The problem is we're just on, in the infancy of, of, of what we know and understand about human physiology brain chemistry and what we actually need to be optimized and what's important. Right. I mean, yeah. So, so, so I love all of it. And this is probably gonna be my last question um, outside of, Hey, where can we find all this stuff? But that sounds fantastic in theory. That sounds incredible in theory. What are you guys doing at momentous to actually put this theory in motion so that this actually starts to happen more and more every day? So that's an incredible question. And Thank you. That, that is my rock. <laughs> and my team's rock that yes, we get to push up the, that we get to push up the up the mountain. So right, our north that that is like the north star of where we go. You can't build a system without products, and you can't build a system if you're not at the forefront. Because if you're just some dude slinging things out of your garage, like mm. you have no trust for the consumer. So for me, it was build PR lotion, put it at the forefront, do things that nobody's ever been done before, win innovation contracts, do clinic, like we work with special forces and we've been funded by the government and all these cool, cool things, uh, right? So now we're at the forefront. Now add in best in class products, right? Because you can't have a system if you don't have anything to, 
come get out of the system. You can't have thought leaders if you aren't doing something special. So it's like this step progression. So over the next six to 12 months, our our goal and vision of the company is to start having an actual system where you come in and you say, these are the things that are important to me Mm -hmm. and say, okay, here's some recommendations and here's some incredible content around it and start that journey. It's hard, right? And it's going to take a lot of time and, and effort, but you had to, we had to get ourselves at the forefront to have the right people around the table. We had to have the right products to actually start like having interventions to humans, right? Now we got to figure out how do we pull in data inputs all, all of that and start spinning it out but right now we have the best products on market right clean is safest right and then we have a patented product that nobody else has which is pretty cool in pr lotion um and and right now it's much more of the education drip campaign of like why this why that like you had questions plant versus whey protein and all those things as we build out the system but but yeah it's it's a step process. Um, I feel like we're in a, in a good place to do that because of the advisors and the best human performance experts we have involved in the company, the athletes, and then ultimately as the team that we've built is how do we build on top of that? Um, it's not going to happen overnight. I wish it could, but that would take a lot of money. Where's the fun if it's overnight? Come on. Yeah. True fact. Where's the uh, fun? Like that's boring. Like you have to grind. Dude, I've done, I don't know, like 200 and 300 episodes of this. I'm not getting paid yet, but man, when I do that check, oh, that check's going to be sweet, Jeff. I cannot wait for it. But sincerely, man, this has been absolutely incredible. As I said, I love the whole reason I do this and the, why I don't care that I don't get paid to do this is listening to people like you who are extremely passionate about helping others, especially. I think it's absolutely incredible. One more time, Jeff Byers, CEO of Momentus, formerly of Amp Human, uh, NFL player, the Seahawks, Broncos, Panthers, 2004 National Champion. Jeff, where can we find you online? Where can we find Amp Momentus online? And where can we buy, one more time, PR Lotion? If you're training at all, this stuff is incredible. I don't trade very hard, as I said. But my goodness, do I feel a million times better if I use this stuff. So sincerely appreciate you on that one, man. Where can we find all this stuff so we can just follow along in the journey, be as healthy and as incredible as we can as human beings? So least important is me. You can Stop find it. Me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, social media and me don't get along. Uh, nice. so, Keep so it well. that way. It's probably better <laughs> for your brain health, honestly. So Seriously. Um, it's very much better for my brain health. Um, company, best place to just find us is amphuman.com. Someday will be not amphuman.com, but it'll be redirected. So you can find everything there, the power of technology, the internets and interwebs and all of that. So everything you can find there, all, all of the sports nutrition um, that we talked about and PR lotion, go check it out. It's, um, I mean, obviously I'm crazy passionate about the space, but, um, it's really cool. And I'm just fortunate to be in the same room with a lot of people that are way smarter and way more talented than I am. I appreciate it, man. You and me both, right? You and me both. As I said, Jeff Byer, CEO of Momentus, formerly Amp Human. Jeff, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Yeah. Thank you, Michael.